0: what tom brady wants tom brady gets oh my goodness oh my god so much to talk about today so much to scream about so much fun to be had so many tables to break Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast with Ray Rout. Guess what? I'm Ray Rout. That means that this is my podcast, my podcast, peeps. Not yours, not Mike's, not Connor's, not Mario's, not Kyrie Thompson, even though he was a great guest. Mine! You can also find some of my content over on DeanBlondell.com because we're a part of the Dean Blundell Network. Sports, news, entertainment, politics, sports, news, entertainment, politics, sports, 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 Dean You can also stay up to date with all my content over at RayRoute.com. And uh, you can find exclusive content over on the Newsbreak app. Download the Newsbreak app, look up Ray Route, or go to Newsbreak.com and search for Ray Route. You'll also find us with our partners over on the Halftime app, just a little bit. It's going to be exclusive content being dropped on there. Contracts galore. Contracts I'm committed to. Contracts I can't get out of. But here we are on another day. Let's bring in, or he can bring himself in, the producer, Michael.
1: What's going Pro- on?
0: Producer Mike, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. How's everybody out there? Ray, how are you?
0: Good, man. We got back-to-back guests, dude. Oh, man. I know. I'm excited. Now, I don't know how this uh, this table jumper, this, this, this dildo thrower this 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 twitter noob is going to survive in top Kyrie thompson from last night but i think we'll have a good time lots to talk about today mike bring him in bring in our guest ladies and gentlemen
2: from hashtag sport, do it, mr mario good evening gentlemen how are we doing today all of the things that ray has listed are all false so thank
1: you guys Appreciate oh i was gonna say you're wicked smart but because it's false never mind
0: Wicked I am smart. T- I am anything but smart. That's wicked smart, but he's still got a rag I Just ask about his college career. He's got a rag om. I still got a rag <laughs> Big news, guys. Chad Kelly is a Toronto Argo.
1: Yeah, it, uh,
0: exciting, news. Shout, exciting to, news. shout out to shout out to Cody. Who, <laughs> who screamed at me for what three months that Chad Kelly should be the Patriots quarterback prior to Mac Jones being drafted? Yeah. <laughs> Give Chad Kelly a chance. He's now the so I think I now'm like, I think I'm now I think I'm now committed that I have to get season tickets for the Argos, no?
1: Yeah, you have to. Canadian, Chad Kelly, uh um, other things happen
0: there. Fellas, Some- let's get to the top story that just broke literally minutes before we came on. Peter King tweeted out breaking news, Bruce Arians is retiring from from coaching and he's moving to the Buccaneers front office. Uh, Defensive coordinator Todd Bowles picked to replace him, staff being told the news at this hour. So the staff are just finding out before uh, we found out first on Twitter. Thank you, Peter King, uh, because nothing is a secret anymore. I mean, boys, when Tom Brady wants, Tom Brady gets. We heard that Tom Brady was just sick of Bruce Arians being the head coach. You don't make this move in April unless Tom Brady gets what he gets. Tom Brady... Kind of pulled a Rob Gronkowski a little bit here. Said, well, I'm going to retire because I'm not going to play for Bruce Arians. So they talked to Bruce and said, come on, buddy. We'll get it in. Brady comes out of retirement. Says, I'm back, but Bruce can't be here because I don't want to be around him. And Bruce Arians is gone. I know that drives all the Brady haters out there crazy. Uh, let's start with our guest, Mario. How, do, like, what do, what do you think of this breaking news? I mean, I know there's not a lot... But I'm gonna conspiracy theory Is this a is this a Tom Brady gets what Tom Brady wants type of scenario?
2: I, dude, with the th- with the limited amount of time that Tom Brady does have left on his career, he he's pretty much can do really what, whatever he wants. I mean, I don't know if this these two are directly linked, but I mean, with Arians getting up there in age, man, so. I like the fact that Todd Bowles is going to be replacing him, though. I was a big fan of Todd Bowles. I think he got a raw deal when he was in New York, but, you know, we've seen it happen in basketball. We've seen it happen in other sports where, you know, certain superstar players do not want certain guys to be their coaches, and and then they want certain guys to be their coaches, so I don't know. Um, Bowles has enjoyed a lot of majority of the success with Arians, so I don't know how much of a change this is actually going to be.
0: Michael, what do you think, buddy? And I, and I gotta agree with Mario. I'm I'm big on the Todd Bowles signing. I think that uh I, I agree with you. I've I said forever he had a raw deal in New York. Got one shot with Sam Darnold. He was already on his way out. They already knew they wanted the quarterback whisperer, Adam Gase, and uh, <laughs> that that worked out beautifully. Thoughts, Mike? Uh, what are your thoughts on Bruce? Harris? Is this Tom yeah. Brady gets what Tom Brady wants?
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I think. Listen, we've been hearing Bruxerians kind of deny that there's some tension between him and Brady for the last couple of weeks, Um, you know, know, between the, you know, media reports and all that. I'm going to seal your line where there's smoke, there's fire. This is fire. You know what? Like you said, they don't they don't make this move now at this point. If Brady doesn't agree to come back and say, listen, I'll play. Just get him out of my way. I'm sick of doing all this work and
0: having him be in my way. Well, let's talk about this from a Patriots perspective, shall we? Sure. Because we've all, we, we all kind of, it's all been almost confirmed now. I mean, I know that there's the nines, but it's almost been confirmed that back in 2017, Tom Brady pitched to Robert Kraft to fire Bill Belichick and hire Bill O'Brien as the head coach of the New England Patriots. A lot of people believe if Kraft would have sided with Brady, he'd still be here, still be quote unquote winning Super Bowls. And Bill Belichick would be out somewhere else. Uh, How do you think Patriot fans feel right now, Mike, knowing that Tampa pulled it, did it, and uh, kicked him away, uh, as if we could compare Bruce Arians and Bill Belichick. But you know that there's going to be fans out there going, "I well, why didn't Robert Kraft do this for for Brady?
1: Yeah, listen, this kind of proves to me a little bit that uh, I think Brady started to get a little too big for his britches in New England. And we heard a lot of the kind of rumblings behind the scenes that not only were was, were coaching staff kind of done with him in New England, but players were getting kind of sick of it because I think there's still a lot of players there who defend Belichick and support what he does. Um, and honestly, I don't think Robert Kraft was really ever going to fully support that kind of move, again, knowing how much time Brady was going to have left to play.
0: Mario, what's your thoughts on
2: that? <laughs> he doesn't want to... You know... Bruce Arians is, is considered by many to be the quarterback whisperer. And if the quarterback whisperer doesn't want to work with the greatest quarterback of all time anymore at 69 years old, he's like, nah, I don't, I have no connection to you. I don't want to do that. As far as the, you know, why did the Patriots do that? Why did Because Belichick had already, you know, firmly established himself as this no nonsense guy that, you know, has things that he wants to run a certain way as defensive minded head coach. Arians is kind of the antithesis of that. He's a no-risk-it-no-biscuit guy. He's a guy that really wants to, you know, let things loose and do whatever he whatever he wants. And I, I, he's at a point in his career where he's like, I, don't, I okay, can I still be employed by the organization? Because I still want to be involved with football in football at some capacity. But I don't want to deal with this guy on a day-to-day basis. I remember when he, when Brady first went down there, it was like sunshine and roses. Like, oh, my God. Brady's like the coach on the field. He's doing all this other stuff. And Now, you know, we, we go fast forward three years. He's like, I don't want him there. I was like, okay, good luck.
0: So, are you saying that this was Bruce Arians
2: escaping from Tom Brady, not the other way around? I believe that it is 110%. I mean, he's Arians is, is 69 years old. He's a no-not, he's a no-nonsense, no BS guy. I'm not gonna say he's no nonsense because that's Belichick. I'm saying Arians is a uh, no-BS guy. He's like, okay. All right. I won a ring here. I won multiple rings. I've coached for all these years. I've went to all these stops. I'm not gonna be stressed out one more year. And then let's say this, okay? He comes back for one more year. Let's say the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers struggle. Now the spotlight's on Arians because Brady's the GOAT, right? So why would you, at 69 years old, deal with all that stress? He's still involved in football. He's still involved in the organization. He's in Florida. What does he care? <laughs> you know? Michael? because Not. those are big words those are big words because
0: we said that this was brady pushing bruce out we kind of agreed with each other mario's like no 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 no, no. this is bruce is like you know what i don't want to deal with you kid you want to come back and be a, a a big d i mean what are your thoughts on mario's because i can feel it right now like dude like just the, the comment section if we were live on youtube this would be blowing up through the roof i can't wait until this goes live at 10 o'clock and everybody gets to watch this because Mario just shook the world. No, but no, no, thoughts, no. Ray, thoughts, we're, we're live right now. We're live. Ray's, well, we're li- kidding. No, we're live on Patreon. <laughs> if you want to watch it live, if you wanted to be here to watch this live take, you got to be a Patreon member. Patreon.com slash DPN Sports, five bucks a month. That's how you get the live show.
2: Hit it up, guys. Five bucks, man. Come on. No, I but mean, if you want
0: to drop a super chat, if you're on YouTube and you want to just drop a super chat for fun, I mean, we'll take that. I mean, we always appreciate the support. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Um, listen, I, I t- totally agree that that could be one perspective on this. Mario is right. Like, listen, maybe Bruce is 70 years old or 71, whatever he happens to be, and says, listen, if I can still get paid in the front office and still, you know, do some scouting or, you know, draft reports or look at people and, you know, let the organization know what I think,
0: hey, I'll, I'll make my money every year ladies and gentlemen follow mario at hashtag 2.0 let him know what you think Uh, i'm gonna get you some twitter followers right now go follow him there he's enjoying twitter at the moment too we're gonna get into that so let's not get into it but let's move on guys and i want to tell you about our patreon page for five dollars a month you get the live version of this show so there's people watching live right now that just heard that crazy hot take from mario you also get your comments and questions answered on every podcast that you throw the questions to we throw out a a link every day and say, hey, leave us your comments and questions. We answer them. Only one tonight. You also get to hang out with us at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Almost every Friday, we invite Mario when he can make it. He doesn't have 12 kids running around his house because he couldn't put that uh, Italian baby maker away. He comes in here and he chills out with us. And He uh, uh, wasn't here last Friday. Maybe this Friday, maybe not. Maybe he has a life on Friday nights. I don't know. But let's get into the questions here. This one comes from You're inept. And it says, would we, meaning the New England Patriots, trade this year's first for DK Metcalf? And I'm going to be honest with you, as a New England Patriots fan, if the Patriots gave up any draft capital and a better pick than the 32nd overall for DK Metcalf, that is the most backwards move they could make and one that would make me want to put my head through the wall because, yes, the Patriots could have had DK over Nikhil Harry But we did hear today, that I heard today at least, that Seattle does want to extend him. I don't know if he's on the trade block. I mean, I think every team in the NFL could use a DK Metcalf. Does DK Metcalf become the legitimate number one on the New England Patriots? Well, who's the number one on Seattle? Is it DK or is it Tyler Lockett? I think it's Tyler Lockett. So I don't know if DK comes in and can be that number one. I want almost that comparison of Muhammad Sanu who was very good when you paired him with A.J. Green and Julio Jones. D.K. is a sort of abbreviated tight end receiver, you call him. He's big. He's powerful. I think he'd have a spot on the team. However, I don't know if he'd have the same impact without that true number one on the other side. Mike, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I think
1: you brought up a good name there. Listen, everybody wants D.K. to be Julio Jones. He's that same big, fast, physical receiver. And I said this the other day to some members of our Discord and, you know, people out there that are kind of saying, yeah, they need to go chase DK. Like, listen, he hasn't proven to me that he has the skill set of a Julio Jones. He may have the measurables. He may look good from time to time. But if the Patriots ever gave up a first or more for him, I'd be really disappointed. I'll be honest with you.
0: Mario, as a Buffalo Bills fan and Patriots outsider, what are your thoughts?
2: I, first of all, personally, I don't want to see that guy anywhere near the division. (laughs) So... But you got to realize something. I'll I'll liken it to the Buffalo Bills. When the Buffalo Bills traded a first-round pick for Stephon Diggs, he still had four years left on his deal. He just renegotiated his deal. you got to realize this. If they trade a first-round pick for DK Metcalf, 2022 is his his last year. This is his last season. So you would absolutely have to extend him. Now, as far as the Seahawks and the New England Patriots go, they both got roughly around the same amount of cap space for next year. So they both could conceivably sign him if they wanted him. But you have to realize something. This is what I said with the Tua um Tyree Kill deal. You you go from Patrick Mahomes to now Tua Tugavailo. Okay. That's Tyreek Hill is not gonna be the same type of player that he was with Patrick Mahomes because you gotta be able to reach him in certain areas of the field where he's gonna be. Mac Jones, I don't think he has the same arm as a Russell Wilson. Okay, I'm just gonna put that out there. I hope I don't piss anybody off. But the point is this. You got to be able to hit Metcalf on that deep ball, or else a lot of those crisp route running things that he has to do underneath, they have to be even sharper. So it's not just you're taking away pretty much his deep ball. Then he's got to try to do everything inside, and Jones has got to be able to hit him in there. So it's as far as, far as the, from from a contract thing, would DK Metcalf be a fit in New England? I think he would, but I don't. I don't know if Jones is the right guy to work with him. If that makes any sense. So in the span
0: of 14 minutes, Mario from Hashtag Sports at Hashtag 2.0 said that Bruce Arians walked out on Tom Brady and Russell Wilson is better than Mac Jones on the Patriots podcast. (laughs) Kudos to you, sir. Kudos to you. I'm making friends tonight. All right, let's get into a a little bit of a Buffalo story. One that's actually irritating me a little bit. I get it, but the narrative is irritating me. So this boy, Sal Capaccio. Says, let's be honest. If it happened to some average quarterback without their elite status and star power, we wouldn't be here. But it didn't. That's why the NFL passed what should now be called the Josh Allen rule. And he, of course, is alluding to the new overtime rule in the National Football League in the postseason that both teams get a possession of the football. Here's where this bothers me. Yes, Josh Allen was involved in that game. It's why he's one of those guys. But so was Patrick Mahomes. That also happened to be probably a top five NFL game of all time. That's a game that's going to be a classic. As a neutral observer who's a Patriots fan who really dislikes both teams equally, that was just an edge-of-your-seat fantastic game to watch. This happened to Patrick Mahomes two years ago when his elite level and his, I want to say, star power at that time was higher than Josh Allen's is now or at least his star power in the sense of where he was going in the NFL. The NFL has still yet to make Josh Allen the face of the NFL. At that point they were already positioning Patrick Mahomes to be the face of the NFL and he was going against the current face of the NFL Tom Brady. So I found I find the narrative that Josh Allen was that elite quarterback that it took and they called the Josh Allen rule when Patrick Mahomes has now been involved in it twice once where he was the beneficiary one where it was worked against him and he lost it I understand it but I'm not a fan of the narrative but you being a Buffalo Bills fan and you know my feelings on Josh Allen I've told you uh, before last season started I thought he was the best quarterback in the NFL I'm going to turn it to you though Mario what are you as a
2: fan and as as a
0: commentator and pundit of the Bills how are you taking this narrative that's going around right now
2: well, I mean, I, I everyone has the memory of a goldfish, right? You you know, you, we know this. We've seen this many times. So the, what was the most recent thing where this has happened is Josh Allen. It happened to Josh Allen. But people fail to realize that in that playoffs, it almost happened a couple more times. So, and it, it did happen to Patrick Mahomes, you know, first. And I think it happened before to, you know, uh, I some insert quarterback name here. Right, the, the overtime rules have been a problem for a while. They tried to adjust it. They tried to say, okay, if you come down and you kick a field goal, then we're going to allow the other team to, to have a possession because this rule is just guys can kick from 60, 65. Now it doesn't make any sense. You know, you can have a great game that ends in a tie and you're going to have one kicker that could, you're yeah. going to have a team that only has to go 30 yards in order to win the game. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think personally, I think kicker field goal should be taken out of overtime you solve this you have each team get a possession you take kickers out of the game so you have to score a touchdown in order to win the game that has to be for me that's what it has to be Sal's a buffalo beat guy okay so he's gonna he's gonna favor the fact that josh allen this most recently happened to josh allen in his game and teams want to see that he's true true allen is coming off uh mvp candidate season and then last year happened where his season ended where he didn't even he wasn't even able to get the ball again so now, that's the most recent history. Like you said, Allen is not the face of the franchise because when it happened to Mahomes, he threw for fifty touchdowns. I think the previous year. So all of that intertwined. It has happened to Mahomes. It has happened to Allen. We got we got to remember this has happened to other quarterbacks as well that are, really have that star power. So if you want to call it the Josh Allen rule, great. I'm not good for name notoriety. I don't care. I mean, we have the Mel Blount rule. Because he was a guy who used to physically abuse receivers at, at, the, at the line of scrimmage, now they have that five-yard rule, and they keep amending that. All the amendments to that, they don't call that you know der- derivatives of the Mel Blunt rule. They just call it okay. They're gonna have to do this, this, and this. So I, it's you want to call Josh Allen rule? Great for me. Okay, it most recently happened to Allen. So you want to call it the Josh Allen rule? Fine, I don't care.
0: Mike, as a Patriots fan. Uh, Josh Allen I think I think you and I have both agreed that he's the best quarterback in the NFL right have we agreed on that yeah right. yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we have you and I have agreed on that so we have a lot of respect for him we have a lot of respect for that Buffalo Bills team uh where they're the favorites to win the AFC uh championship this year we'll get into that a little later on uh, mm-hmm. I totally and I totally agree with that and they probably should but how do yep. you feel after we've seen Basically, since 2018 and on, some controversy, especially in the postseason around the playoffs. How do you feel about them calling this the Josh Allen rule right now?
1: Um I'm gonna piggyback off of what Mario said here. I, I don't necessarily necessarily agree with it. Listen, it did it almost happen a bunch of times um, this postseason. Um, I would call it the Mahomes rule personally, just because I think, uh, you know, Andy Reid had kind of seconded this from the very beginning and good for him. He he stuck by his guns uh, th- this year after that game and said, no, I still think the overtime rules need to change. So, um, listen, it, they've been a they've been a problem for a while. Both teams should get to touch the ball, either that or like Mario said, maybe you just take kicking out of it in general to prevent, prevent any kind of problems there. So no, I, I don't think it should, should be named after Josh Allen. Um, I know we're not big on titles here, so I don't, I don't think it matters what you call it really, but no OCs,
0: know. no DCs, no, no rule titles, no nothing. Go ahead, Mario.
2: But here's the thing. The NFL, just remember, just keep this in mind guys. And those of you watching, if you guys haven't joined the Patreon, make sure you do that. Here's the thing as well. If, the NFL doesn't feel that they're going to benefit financially from certain rule changes. They're not going to do it. Right. What happens if that rule was put in place last year and that game it gets extended? Guess what happens? You get more viewers. You're going to get yeah, more
0: viewers. No. Yeah. Well, so here's my thing. I'm going to take last word on this. Yeah. Uh, what if Pat, the the Kansas City Chiefs would have scored in overtime and beat the Cincinnati Bengals, who just did the big comeback? Would it have been the Joe Burrow rule? right? Or would it still have been the Josh Allen roll? right? Because don't forget no. Kansas city won the toss again, back-to-back wins. They didn't get it mm-hmm. that time. I mean, I'm not throwing this out to take a knock. I'm just talking comparisons. The Buffalo bills had one of the greatest comebacks in regular season history against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What was it? 28 to three at half or something of that nature. Very similar to that Patriots score. It looked like it was over. It was done. It was finished. Patriots fans all over. were celebrating because this was going to, the bills lose that, you know, th- this is going to cement us into the, the AFC East. And all of a sudden they come back, they tie it up. The Buffalo Bills, I remind everybody, won the toss and overtime, had the first possession. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers stopped them. Tom Brady, toss, touchdown, over. We know the result. So it happens again. If the Bills stop, if the Bills don't let Kansas City score with 13 seconds left in the game, it's a non-issue. Yeah. Right? Like it's a non-issue. Yeah. So, however, I'm gonna put this last word: I hate the rule. <laughs> um, not the name, forget the name. I, I, first of all, I hate that it's a different rule for overtime. I hate when you change rules for the postseason from the regular season. I want consistency across the board. I still think that we should go to NCAA style. The NFL should convert to NCAA style, go to that sort of shootout route where you get the ball on the 40-yard line, four downs. If you pick up, you know, if in, first team not to score, loses. You want to slow it down. You, you don't want a 72 to 70, you know, 70 game that we've seen in the past. Take kicks out of it. You have to score a touchdown. You know what I mean? Take kicks out of the game. You have to score a touchdown. Same thing, though. Start on the 40 or the 35. You can pick up that one first down, try to score a touchdown. The first team who doesn't score a touchdown wins. I, I That's the way I want it. I don't want ties in the regular season. Go for it. They do it here in the CFL. You'll never hear me say this, but the CFL actually has it right. And uh, you'll never hear it. You'll never hear me wow. say that. I, got, I want to move on, though. We got lots to talk about tonight. We had Kyrie Thompson on last night. We got the three subjects we got to keep going. we got Mario, who knows about a lot about the NFL. I want to throw this one out. I, it's, it's the serious tweet from Lamar Jackson, but I threw the Jude on one because it was just funny to me. So there's been some rumors that Lamar Jackson wants out of Baltimore. Well, he addressed him head on today and said, quote, I love my Ravens. I don't know who the hell is putting out this false narrative out there that I'm having thoughts about leaving. Stop trying to read my mind. Matthew Judon, just because he's been owning Twitter this year, quote tweeted with, my bad fam. (laughs) He said it was (laughs) off the record. Shout out to Matthew Judon, who's been recruiting on Twitter. Now he's in this. I mean, somebody taught Matthew Judon how to use social media during this offseason, and he has just been killing Twitter. Uh, Listen. I never had a doubt for a second that Lamar Jackson was going to play with any team except the Baltimore Ravens. I saw no scenario where Baltimore wasn't trying to extend them. And I'm going to tell you why right now. It's a pure football perspective. There's maybe three head coaches in the NFL that will know how to use a Lamar Jackson. That would put an offensive coordinator in place to use a Lamar Jackson. Him going to play for Frank Reich makes no sense. Him going to play for, you know, those kind of coaches... Josh McDaniels, who's an offense guy, makes no sense. I don't even think Sean McVay would fully know how to use a Lamar Jackson. Baltimore built their offense around Lamar. They need to get it done. I think Lamar knows how much the city loves him, how much the team loves him. Lamar's like, hey, you know what? I want to see the market. I want to see where things go. We'll take our time. We'll get this done. Mike, I'll shoot it over to you first. Um... People are saying Lamar wants out. I don't buy it. I don't buy that, that. I think Baltimore's just letting him do his thing. Cause They kind of said it today. When Lamar's ready, we'll be here. I think that's the way they're going. What's your thoughts?
1: Yeah. Um, I know he does have a lot of affinity for that city because, listen, in that draft, he was saying, you know, why did so many people pass me by? And we've heard this story before. And listen, Baltimore picked him. The fan base has loved him. He's done great things there. He had a down season because of injury, and the team in general got pretty uh banged up. And yeah, they built that team for him. You you cannot take that away from John Harbaugh and his coaching staff. To your point, I don't think any other team in the NFL could have done that as quickly as the Baltimore Ravens did. There may have been another team that did it eventually, but not this quickly and not this successfully.
2: Mario, let me paint you guys a picture, okay? The one guy that we really need to start talking about here in this whole discussion is Greg Roman. Okay, Greg Roman, if you guys remember, worked with Colin Kaepernick back in the day, the the most dangerous dual threat quarterback at the time and turned him into a superstar. And then he left... I think he ended up coming to Buffalo, actually. I think Colin Kaepernick happened to fall by the wayside. I think a lot of teams are starting to get fearful of the fact, okay, he was putting a Greg Roman offense and was very successful in a Greg Roman offense. What do they do? They utilize the tight ends, they use the running back, they use running backs, they use crazy formations, they use a lot of different things where the quarterback is out in space. You gotta remember Lamar Jackson is what 215, maybe 220 on a good day. And the style of the quarterback that he is, he's not a traditional pocket passer. We know that. However, his his elusiveness is only going to last so long that before someone ends up catching a shot of this guy. Now, if I could make a comparison to the Buffalo Bills as far as Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, Lamar's probably looking around and seeing all these contracts and going, hey, listen, I'm a former MVP. I, I brought my team to the playoffs. I've done all these things for this organization. What's going on? They had a system that they took Lamar Jackson's skill set and put it right in there with Greg Roman because Greg Roman didn't initially start there but he put it in there with Greg Roman and then they were able to take off and he was lighting up the league. Josh Allen was a a raw rookie that was put into a system that's not necessarily built for him but learned to adapt and grow and progress. Jackson is still the same player he was when he came into the league. Not to say he hasn't improved. He's an elite player. I'm not going to say he's not. However, to Ray's point, there's only a few teams that could use this guy. There's only a few. So his specific skill set, do you have A, the coach, B, the players, C, the money? Do you have those things in place right now for Lamar Jackson? Because he hasn't developed like a typical quarterback in the NFL within you know the, the offensive construct because what he does is so unique. So it's how do you pinpoint? It? You know, what are you going to do with Lamar Jackson? And, and, and I think part of it is on Lamar going, listen, This guy's getting signed. This guy's getting signed. This guy's getting extended. Where's my money? What's going on? So. Yeah. No, I I
0: totally agree with you. It's. Josh Allen, to me, is a unique skill set. Right. Like that, that dual threat, like true dual threat. Lamar is a different uniqueness than Josh Allen. Like when I look at Josh Allen, I still look at Josh Allen like that's a quarterback. Like Josh Allen is a quarterback. To me, Lamar, and I don't call him a glorified running back. I'm not that guy. But Lamar is like, he's this like spectacular athlete that happens to play quarterback. Um, Cam Newton said that about himself at one time. And I think a young Cam Newton, you could say a lot of the same things. He was just a superior athlete that happened to play the quarterback position yet lamar jackson just is a different level does he have a weaker arm than cam probably which i know is tough to say but i think that to me too is is one of my frustrations with greg roman is and i've been a big advocate for this let lamar throw like let him get more reps right he needs more reps i think lamar jackson could easily be a top three quarterback in the nfl if a he could stay healthy and B, they allow him to sit in the pocket a little bit because I don't, it's not his first choice to run every time. I think he knows what he can do with his legs, but I think that you could give him a West Coast style that lets him throw the football a little bit more, put the RPOs, put the quarterback options, allow him to make that decision on his own based on the defense that he's seen.
2: But, but Ray, here's the thing in the Win Now League, the way it is, and because of the production that he had coming out of the gates and how explosive he was. I don't know if a team is gonna be patient with that. Now, what you said, it's, it's amazing you said West Coast style because if you remember, a lot of us old heads, Steve Young ran all over the place. That's all yeah. he did because he didn't know what he was doing. Walsh had to sit him down and say, listen, you have to learn this. You gotta be able to throw from the pocket. Knock this off. Your linemen don't know where you are. If your linemen don't know where you are, they can't block for you. So yeah. he's one of those guys that developed into a pocket guy who then became mobile, other than a guy that just ran around all the time. So when when they want to talk about the development of the quarterback, when the mobile quarterback comes around, in my mind, I'm always saying, could could this guy be like a – I know he's a Hall of Famer, but could this guy develop like a Steve Young where he's not running around? And like you said, let him throw the ball more. Let him, yeah. sit, let him sit in the pocket, take a couple of his lumps.
0: No, I totally agree. I also want to throw a big shout-out to the Baltimore Ravens offensive line. Being a former offensive lineman myself – fully understanding his own block scheme i uh do you know how difficult it is to block for a guy that you don't know if he's going to run if he's going to pass you know what i mean like it the the play calls are wonky a lot of these rpos and a lot of this other stuff it's dude you take a half a step to 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 a half a step forward you're an ineligible man downfield you can't go more than a yard on a pass play a run play i can drive a guy back to the end zone if if, if i want and I'm telling you right now, I give so much kudos to those guys. Um, there's some good coaching there to be able to, to be able to do that. Okay, we got to get to some Patriots stuff because we haven't done a lot of it. It is a Patriots podcast, and I want to throw this out. And I kind of like having Mario on because he he knows the X's and O's. So a couple of different tweets here. Evan Lazar says, Bill Belichick spoke this morning about the 2021 free agents additions improving in year two. Jonu Smith is amongst the biggest ones that need to make that leap. Plus he could be used slightly different in a fullback slash back role. Let's remember that New England told Jakob Johnson that his services were no longer needed because they were not carrying a fullback this season, which has made a lot of us believe that they're going to be giving that that was specifically to get johnny smith more involved in the game plan rich hill said though excited for potential mismatches with both johnny and montgomery on the field flexing from run to pass and back now, Ty Montgomery has been a little bit to me as an underrated signing for the Patriots because I'm going to say that last season, the Patriots were missing the Rex Burkhead role or the Danny Woodhead role, the change of pace back that's going to come in and either run the football or he's going to go out as a receiver. I'm not saying Ty Montgomery is a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying he's a top three running back slash wide receiver in the NFL. I'm not even saying he's as good as Cordero Patterson. However, he brings that element that uh, JJ Taylor was not able to bring to the team last season and I think that getting Johnny Smith in that H-back role using him and dare I say the Aaron Hernandez role when they were running one of the best you know one of the best tight end systems that dual-headed monster back in the early 2000s or, or uh, 2010s with Rob Gronkowski and Hernandez back when Bill O'Brien was the offensive coordinator and then of course Josh McDaniels I think that You can with Ty Montgomery coming in and Johnny and them switching in and out and them having that versatility, New England is building their offense, so they don't have a Josh Allen at quarterback. They have Mac Jones, which is a a similar skill set to Tom Brady. Not saying he's Tom Brady, not saying he's the GOAT, not making a comparison, but when we're looking apples to apples, you would compare Mac Jones with Tom Brady before you would compare him to Josh Allen. Let's face it. However, if you have that immobile sort of pocket quarterback, you can move around a little bit, but have that quarterback then you want to have other guys on your offense that are versatile that you can move a different positions. You start Jonu Smith in the H-back role, he goes out for a pass. You have him on an end around. Then you have Ty Montgomery and Jonu on the, you have Jonu as your fullback, Ty Montgomery as your, as your halfback, a lot of options in the both the pass and the run game in that situation. I am looking forward to seeing what these guys can do in a mix. Mike, I'll go to you first. We'll give Mario last word on this. Montgomery a little bit of an undersign a little bit of an underrated signing and do you like that what Johnny and Montgomery can do in sort of those mismatches because it's it's going to be a tough block it's going to be a tough assignment for defenders if you got them both in the backfield at the same time
1: yeah I mean I like this on paper I I like the idea of just confusing a defense in general behind the line of scrimmage because the Patriots are going to have a lot of things going on back there potentially right so again just on paper um it sounds great. I don't know how much time Montgomery actually has left in the tank. We've heard kind of mixed. Uh, but does mixed he
0: really need that? to have a lot left in that role and that change of pace, sort of, you know, 12 to 15 snaps a game type of role? Uh, that's I, I don't Birkhead know. was getting uh, that, that 15 yeah. to, you know, 17 snaps. Like, that's not a lot. It's not like he's going to be, you got two primary running backs and a third down back in James White, right?
1: Yeah, I I think he's going to be used a lot less frequently. Listen, again, I just think, again, let's speak broader picture here. Jonu with, again, some other things going on in the backfield for him other than just trying to line him up as a receiving tight end will do nothing but benefit this team with how much we kind of rely on uh, misdirection and the run game. So,
2: Mario, your thoughts? The... The way that the NFL is working right now is a lot of teams are trying to get that, that spread formations. They're trying to gain a lot of like wide receivers that are fast that are be able to do cuts and here and there. So what a lot of defenses are doing is they're starting to load up on their secondary. Okay. What did the New England Patriots decide to do? They decide to get they're already unique because they have Hunter, Henry, and Johnny Smith as their as their two tight ends. That's huge. Number one, it's kind of hard to plan for that because a lot of the linebackers that are coming into the league are now converted safeties from college that have to cover it. Okay, you got that for you. Now you bring in a Ty Montgomery. You got James White back. Like you said, the running attack with with, with Stevenson and uh, who's that other? Main Harris. That they have Harris. Um, you're already adding a different element to your offense that teams aren't building their defenses for. A lot of these defenses, like, I, if I can liken it to the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills equipped their defense to try to beat the... Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs, you're not going to you're not going to say he's a power running team. New England right. Patriots are still playing a little bit of throwback ball in that way. And you bring in a Ty Montgomery. If you decide to go to a trips bunch formation where you have Smith, Henry, and um, uh, uh, Montgomery, what are you going to do as a defense? The corners are too small. The linebackers, okay? How you gonna you're gonna have mismatches all over the place. So they're going to be running a different type of offense this year that is. Going to be something that if if you don't know as a defense what they're going to be doing, obviously, th- then it, you're, you're going to be you're going to be kind of tough. Not only not know what they're doing, you got to be able to have the horses to match up with it. If you're built for speed and there's a truck coming at you, you know <laughs> that doesn't work that way. So I like the signing for the versatility of Montgomery because if you gonna come up to the line like when the Buffalo Bills put Lee Smith in the game, you guys know Lee Smith, big lumbering tight end, he was like a tackle. You knew what they were doing. The New England Patriots, what they're doing with their signings, as Ray said, it's very underrated. Ty Montgomery, he's not going to be a guy that's going to light up fantasy boards, but he is going to be a guy that's going to make the defenses think. And Ray, what's the old adage when you start thinking?
0: You start making mistakes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's going to be great from that perspective because the New England offense, I think, is going to be different than what a lot of offenses are trying to do and trying to build toward.
0: Okay, let's have a little bit of a fun one here. So former... Buffalo Bills running back Convicted arm robbery (laughs) And um, Also up for murder charges At one point OJ Juice Simpson The juice is on the loose Says that Will Smith was wrong For slapping Chris Rock Now I started thinking about Will Smith today when I saw this And I thought Do you know how badly You had to mess up when O.J. Simpson is chastising you for your actions, when the juice sits back and thinks, damn, that boy's crazy, and comes out and has to guide you in life to be a better person. Mario, thoughts on, on the former should be Hall of Famer, one of the greatest Buffalo Bills running backs of all time. Let's not let's not take away what the juice did on the field. I mean, all time mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills player, mm-hmm. a great actor in the Naked Gun movies. Yes. What do you think of him <laughs> chastising Will Smith for slapping Chris Rock?
2: Well, let's well, let's put it this way if i want to see a 53 year old man slap somebody else i'll watch old buddy ryan kevin Gilbride highlights okay <laughs> for those of you that are old enough to remember that was hilarious the, this is not the first time that juice has been involved with certain you know things that have happened in entertainment and around the world that he's given his two two cents okay i don't know if was it you ray that said did they have to choose this picture of, of juice Yes, that was me. That was me. That was me. (laughs) Like of all the pictures, (laughs) like of all the
0: pictures of OJ Simpson, they pick him in his jailhouse shirt (laughs) at his parole hearing. That's the photo that they chose to use. I that is the
2: barometer we have now in 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 media is that if Jews comments on it, you know it's a big story. But I don't. Can I I tell you
0: guys a story? Yes, a couple years ago at work, we're doing some like. Right before the pandemic, we're doing like you know a team building thing, right? And and so, one of the warm up activities was with our little group. Is like you had to pick if you could sit down with one person and have coffee, who would you sit down with? And people are like Martin Luther King, George Washington, you know, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Uh, that's uh, Justin's father, who was actually a good prime minister. Um, you know, other people were like Sir John A. Macdonald, who's the first prime minister of Canada uh rosa parks and they're going around the room and it gets to me and i said oj simpson and they said oj simpson why and i said because i got a lot of questions i'm like saying are you guys telling me if you could have a one-on-one intimate conversation that they had to be honest with you you wouldn't pick oj simpson because my first question would be like did you do it (laughs) you know like like why did your Bronco drive 12 kilometers an hour down the freeway like like I got a lot of questions for him like I got a lot of OJ questions why would you not want to have a cup of coffee with OJ Simpson oh man that is brilliant Mike what do you think of of OJ chastising Will Smith listen I'm glad we are putting
1: OJ Simpson up there with the moral authorities of the world the next person I want to hear from is
0: Mike Tyson and we can uh you know, just get everybody straight in the world. Could you imagine a sit down with like Mike Tyson, <laughs> OJ Simpson, and I don't know. Louis CK? <laughs> 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 oh,
2: wasn't
0: wasn't Louis the one that was spanking himself in front of in front of women? Wasn't that I, him? I, I really yeah. don't know why, but
2: I really thought the next name that was gonna come out of your mouth was Casey Anthony. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Casey Anthony? <laughs> Jesse Smollett?
2: <laughs> a lot, lot, lot of names we can come
0: up. Casey Anthony—that's a name I haven't heard in a
2: while. Oh my God, we have a we have a fantasy football league, and one of the team names that the guys had for years, ever since the the first news story broke, is Casey Anthony's daycare. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> you hang out with a group of people, I tell you. <laughs> this guy sends me memes that comes from his group chat and i'm just like what no no i
2: i have a very rare set of individuals the day
0: that meatloaf died i gotta tell i gotta he he sends me a meme and it's bob saget and betty white sitting at a table and betty white says what do you want for dinner and bob saget says meatloaf that's he sends me that meme, the day Meatloaf dies.
2: How about the Paul Walker one?
0: Oh yeah, what did that? You told me that joke alive on the air. I remember that. <laughs> oh
2: tell yeah, Mike, I, re- I Mike, remember that. Tell Mike.
0: Tell Mike. Tell Mike. I, I think I was there for this.
2: It's like what was the difference between Paul Walker and Betty White? <laughs> Paul Walker hit a hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was there for that. So, yep, uh, Oh my is, god, it is. Oh. it's. it's I, the group chat should literally be called too soon because that's all they do like I've yeah. been getting will Smith memes for the last two days it's crazy. <laughs> yeah we did you guys see um you guys
0: watch Jimmy Kimmel you ever watch Jimmy Kimmel oh, you know his wow. cu- uh cousin Sal who's like on a show throughout a meme yesterday it was amazing he goes it's my first meme how'd I do because everybody was doing the will Smith Chris Rock memes He's yeah. just said Chris Rock will Smith <laughs> and I was like <laughs> I like, <laughs> Um. Yeah, dude. No, you guys want to hear what I did tonight? I, I beat the system, boys. I figured it out. uh Oh. So we don't want other, We don't want babies in our life, right? She might kill me for telling me. I don't care, right? Um. We don't want any more kids. We don't want any more babies. So I looked at my wife tonight and I said, uh, "Hey, so do you want to have unprotected sex tonight?" She says, "No." And I said, "All right, fine. You win. We'll have protected sex." <laughs> As I negotiated, boys, I negotiated. Right? She. Sex wasn't on the table. I put it on the table and forced her to make the decision. I negotiated and I <laughs> gave they're her a call i call Ray from now on, the negotiator. It life wasn't pack. even it wasn't on the table. I forced her to put it on the table and I was like, fine, we'll do it protective. Yeah, right. The way it's
2: be. <laughs> no, the other life fact you're supposed to walk up to her with water and an aspirin.
0: Yes. You go, here, yes, here for your headache. Go. She goes, I don't have a
2: headache. You're like, ah, fine, let's go. All right, let's
0: go. <laughs> All right, back to football. Uh, a bit of an under, like, hold on, pull this up here. A bit of an underrated story today because just a whole bunch oh, wow. of other stuff. Uh, but Pro Bowl uh, cornerback Patrick Peterson is returning to the Minnesota Vikings on a one-year contract. He announced it on the uh, uh, At Cover Pod uh, podcast today. And uh, he wanted to re-sign with the Vikings. We heard that the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills were both in on Patrick Peterson. And uh, he's went back to Minnesota. A little bit surprising to me. I thought if he was going to stay in Minnesota, it would have happened a little sooner. I really thought he was on the go. I really thought he was going to take a cheap deal somewhere to try to chase a ring with one of the big teams. Stays with the Vikings. And my theory is, because Mike and I have been talking about this, the NFC is so weak. Yes. I think you actually have to look at the Minnesota Vikings as a potential contender in the NFC. They didn't blow anything up. They kept most of their guys. They've got a great receiving core. They still have Kirk Cousins. They've got a dominant run game. They have guys like Patrick Peterson, a good draft on the defense, and they have an opportunity. Because, listen, what is Green Bay now without Devontae Adams? They lost Scantling. They lost Adams. I mean, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna dare say that this could be a year that Minnesota could push, just because the competition is so weak. Mario, we'll go to you first. What do you think about the move? Disappointed as a Bills fan that he doesn't go to Minnesota, and do you think Minnesota has a chance to actually uh, do something in in uh, the NFC this year?
2: Well, first of all, yeah, I'll answer that question first. I think Minnesota. I think any NFC, NFC team now. As, an, as, a, as a chance to go and I think they're just going to be the proverbial whipping boy for anyone that comes out of the AFC that's number one number two you're talking about a guy in Patrick Peterson that hasn't been really a the dominant player that he was hasn't made a pro Bowl since 2018 hasn't done a lot of these things he's going to be 32 in July so you start thinking about what happens to a lot of those cornerbacks as they start to age and get up there teams want to move them to safety because they've been around the league so much maybe this is the I'm going with the devil I know you know, maybe he did make that decision where he's like, listen, this division, I can, I can make some noise in this division. Minnesota can make some noise and probably make a playoff run here. I've already been here for a year. They trust me. Uh, you know, I, I'm comfortable here. Do I want to get uproot my family again like I did two years ago? So a lot of those things could be a factor. I know we don't really talk about that a lot. We talk about guys like like they're in Madden or in fantasy football. We're gonna trade them, and go all over the place. But yeah, this guy's gonna have to uproot his whole family. They got to move certain places. Now I don't know if his family stayed in Arizona or they came to Minnesota or what's going on. But he probably developed a comfort level in Minnesota. He likes it there. He's gonna he's getting up there in age. Maybe he doesn't want to go to a team and have them say, "Hey, can you play safety for us?" Maybe that was the discussions that were going on with other teams that were free agents. Be like, Hey, man, what, what if we slid you back, we played you in a nickel role? or He wouldn't I mean, have no, been a safety
0: in Buffalo. No.
2: No, he wouldn't. I heard you those. got
0: a couple good safeties there, I've heard. I've heard I, there's a find.
2: There's a couple of headhunters there. Hey, speaking of safeties, sir, Mr. Peppers, Mr. Duggar. Great, great great signing. Great signing.
0: Uh, I'm not even calling it underrated signing. That could be Belichick's best free agent signing. I know, again, not... A future Hall of Famer by any means, but that versatile player. We talked about this last night. Belichick has gotten smaller, like the defense has got he's getting away from that the big defense, he's making a smaller defense. Dude, they are building a defense to face Josh Allen, and, and they really are. You've now got Adrian Phillips, you've now got Jabril Peppers. They they traded for Mac Wilson, who's a versatile guy who can take tight ends because you have two of them now in Buffalo. Um, and uh you can see they brought in Bentley, and we knew as soon as they made the trade for Mac Wilson, Mike and I said, okay, it's either Hightower or Bentley. It's not both. Unless right. they bring Bentley, unless they bring Hightower back in now on some, like, veterans minimum, and he becomes a, a locker room, you know, leader kind of guy and just, you know, occasionally goes. I think Bentley's going to be the Mike. Uh, they got rid of Chase Winovich. They brought in Josh Uche to see what Ronnie Perkins can do on that other side, you know, uh, opposite of Matthew Judon. And i think uh we had Kyrie thompson from boston.com last night on and he basically said you know they didn't weren't really the patriots have never really been like a sack the quarterback type of team they've been stop the run set the edge do this and that and now it's like belichick's like all right go get the quarterback you know what i mean because obviously with these guys we can't just let them sit back there because josh allen's just going to run 30 yards down the field and zach wilson's a threat as well
2: i wouldn't be surprised if that's a six if he plays a lot of six DBA, D, uh, defensive back sets with that with all those horses that you have in there and just to go on our point from earlier to me peppers was equivalent to the time montgomery signing i think it was so underrated for what that guy's going to do for you you know you got you e. phillips now you yep. got peppers now you got duggar i w- safeties tell all the safeties tell all, and if I'm a quarter. I'm coming to the line. The safeties are going to tell me what the coverage is. If I have six corner or six uh, defensive backs in there. Uh,
1: That's exactly put. what we talked about is you yeah. have. You, you put up, Phillips, Duggar, and and Dugger, and put peppers, peppers, peppers on the field. On the field. You don't who know. am I looking at? Right. You who don't know who at? you're looking at. Exactly. And then you
0: can have, uh, you know, anyway. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, no, no, and it, because when you look at what the Patriots got to face this year, they got to face yeah. Allen twice. They got to face Wilson twice. They have to face Lamar. You know what I mean? They have to face Kyler Murray. Like, they have to go up against those moving quarterbacks. And I'm thinking to face Derek Carr. But uh, it, it's, yeah, no. And, and even Tua. We had this discussion about Tua. He's not the threat that Wilson and Allen are just to take off run, but it's not like he can't use his legs to make plays. You know what I mean? Yeah, he right. can. And I mean, and he's got weapons now. He's got Tyree Kill. He's got um, J- Jalen Waddle. He's got Gastecki, who's a good a good tight end. Um, I'm a lot higher on Tua than a lot of other people seem to be. Like maybe he'll be my next Josh Allen, right? Where I just got to keep defending the kid until he comes through. Uh, even though lots of people, I still think we got the best Alabama quarterback in the division. But it's you know it is what it is. Question for you: I have pre-Tyree Kill trade. I had the Patriots third in the division. Where do you have the Patriots ranked? Because Third. I still think they're they're shooting for 2023 like I still think like this is the second year of the rebuild next year they have like almost $100 million in salary cap and still have some of their big boys on the books and I think next year if they hit the draft this year if they bring in like an Andrew Booth Jr. which I think they're going to go after or one of those versatile linebackers you know those fast speedy aggressive linebackers that work out I think 2023 is a year that we start challenging Buff- the Patriots start challenging Buffalo for that AFC East not saying take it but challenging I have them third do you have them third as well behind, behind the Dolphins
2: um Yes, I do. I do. I I mean, even even with the Tyreek trade, because I didn't think the Tyreek trade, it was like you know, um, square peg in a round hole. I I don't see Tua and Tyreek, but here's here's the only here's the caveat of it. I asked a guy a friend because you know they brought over that that new McDonald what was his name, McDaniel McDonald. Yeah, Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. I don't, who cares? But my point is this: he brought him over from San Francisco. We saw Debo Samuel just be an animal. In multiple different roles, and I asked somebody, I said, "Who do you think is better, Samuel or Hill?" And then he said, "Well, obviously Hill." I go, "Okay, because he had Mahomes, but I understand it." But I'm talking about uh, on the field as far as a versatile player. Do you think Hill could be, if if he did, if if that's the reason he got him to Miami is to put him in that Debo Samuel role, then it's very dangerous. It's a different story. However, let me, just let straight me- up compared to it in Mahomes, i i don't see it i don't i really see it as far as I. Let, let
0: me share something with you guys let's let's move on to a different subject
2: yeah
0: because debo samuel is a freak of nature and this tweet came out from nfl cbs today debo samuel was out of his mind last season he had more receiving yards with 1405 than Stephon Diggs, tyree kill keenan allen and mike evans and he had more rushing touchdowns with eight than dalvin cook alvin kamara aaron jones and antonio gibson Debo samuel we talk about the freak of josh allen at the quarterback position that dual threat quarterback that can beat you in so many different ways beat you with his arm beat you with his legs side arms you know different throwing patterns all those types of different things I think Debo Samuel is the Josh Allen of the receiver world. He is so dangerous. End arounds. Line him up like a running back. Put him outside. Put him in the slot. He can literally line up anywhere on the line. I wouldn't line him up at tight end for a play. See what happens. Let him let him rub and go off. Debo Samuel is a freak of nature. As a new England Patriots fan, it drives me crazy that the Patriots took Nikhil Harry instead of Debo Samuel. Uh, I know a lot of people are big on DK Metcalf. I would give up anything and everything. I would trade Mac Jones for Debo Samuel and start over and try to find a quarterback to play with him. (laughs) Debo Samuel is a guy that you look what he did. 1,405 yards. With Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback, could you imagine if Trey Lance comes alive this year and actually becomes that guy? Or when he goes to a contract year, goes to a a Buffalo or or something like that? How just crazy he would be well, uh, we, Mario has we, something to say so we'll go to him first well okay. we
2: got to take we got to take this in perspective the system that he's playing in in San Francisco allowed him to do those things do you think one New England system would have allowed him to be that explosive of a player and, and mm. wait wait wasn't Harry drafted when Brady was here
0: mm-hmm Yes, but it was tom brady's fault year one because he wouldn't throw the football to him that that was my excuse at least
2: okay no but what i'm saying is what we, we talked about it earlier tonight with lamar jackson as far as the system that a guy goes to is just as important as the guy's skill set himself he's a freak athlete he isn't he is a freak at the position you're you're 100 right on that but the system still has to allow the player in order to expand on his freakishness, if, if I can, if, that's, if that makes sense. So, yeah. that all being concerned, I don't know if the New England Patriots would have used him the same way as San Francisco does, and we wouldn't have seen how truly great this kid, this kid was or could have been.
0: Like, I'm going to bump you if that's okay, because I got one more thing I want yeah, to get to. We are running out of time. So, Myra, we got about three minutes to discuss this, but you put out this tweet this week, which has caused a whole firestorm across Hashtag Nation. (laughs) And you said, I'm not convinced that the Hashtag Bill's offensive line is locked in. I got a bad feeling about Ford and is it Morse? Just saying.
2: Mitch Morse, yeah.
0: Mitch Morris, so just saying, and that has turned into just a, a catastrophe for you, yes. uh, with Buffalo Bills fans being very upset. I'm going to point out to you one thing that the success that the Buffalo Bills, the team, has had has changed Bills Mafia. You guys, as a fan base, used to be this hard as nails, you can't hurt me type of fan base. There's nothing you can say or do to me that the Buffalo Bills hasn't already haven't already done to me. And one thing I've noticed about the success Success. Not that you let success get to your head. There's a couple, but that's every fan base. But for the most part, I still say that most Buffalo Bills fans are still pretty level-headed in one sense. However, I'm sorry, the fan base is getting a little bit soft and gets a little bit offended a little bit easy and gets a little bit defensive over things. And it's something I have really noticed. Mm-hmm. And then you and I were having a, an, an off-air text texting conversation where I was explaining to you why I am successful on Twitter and why I don't... Don't go mad and why Mm -hmm. you, not that you're unsuccessful, but I told you trying to educate people about zone blocking schemes when they (laughs) don't, when, when these are the fans that don't see the importance of, of defense, um, educating on Twitter doesn't work. However, I'm going to give you, uh, maybe 30 seconds here to say why you're concerned about the line. And
2: then we'll get into the other stuff. My tweet was probably a year too far ahead. First of all, everyone has been down on Cody Ford. Everyone's been up on Mitch Morse. Mitch Morse just signed an extension. What, what Bills fans fail to realize is that John Feliciano and Daryl Williams also signed extensions. The next year they were out. So I, the, the way that the Buffalo Bills are going to be going to a zone blocking scheme, and as you know, Ray, it's 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 probably tailor made for Ford. Everyone's been down on Ford, but the Bills traded up to get him in the second round. They, they they're still with him. They haven't cut him. They haven't done all this other stuff. I just don't think that the the line that they projected out is going to be locked in. And I just, okay, not, no moves immediately are gonna be made. I don't say that like Morse is gonna get benched. Everyone kept saying, why do you think Morse is getting traded? You just got extended. Everyone jumped to their own conclusion. I was like, listen, I just have a bad feeling about this that I don't think that line's a line that's locked in. If I could pinpoint it, I would have tweeted it, but I didn't. But everyone was like going and jumping to their conclusions and saying, well, what's, what's this based on? I'm like, I don't know. When Morse came to us, everyone was mad that uh, like he had a concussion history. Ford hasn't been good at at guard or tackle so all these other things combined they they thought I was comparing Ford to to Morse and I wasn't and I'm just sitting there going listen you just matched the deal for Ryan Bates who plays center who's going to be making significantly less money than Mitch Morse they're going to have to sign some players coming up guys I'm just saying, just putting it out there.
0: Okay, I'm going to cut you off right there because we've got one minute and I'm going to put you and Michael beside each other because I'm going to give us a little Twitter lesson because you both are the same you both go on Twitter and you both try to educate people and you try to have rational decisions with people with people. And I keep telling you guys that that is not how Twitter works. That's not how it works. The people who watch this podcast, the people who watch your podcast, those are diehard football fans. Those are guys that you can have rational conversations with. Okay. So, You said to me, how can you go on Twitter every day? That's how our conversation started. I won't get into the whole thing, but I got into you and I just said, you're there talking X's and O's with people who don't understand X's and O's. You're talking about zone blocking schemes when you damn well know I was one of the only people who understood what that tweet meant. Right, so you get into it all. Why can I survive on Twitter? Because yesterday I asked somebody, does he brush his teeth before or after he's got Brady's dick in his mouth? That's why I can survive on Twitter and you can. Guys, go check out DeanBlundell.com. Over 120, uh, I think it's 124 podcasts and content creators there. Sports, entertainment, politics, news. Go to RayRoute.com. R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H dot com. Go check out the Newsbreak app. Newsbreak.com. Search up RayRoute. The Halftime app. Look up Route. and make sure you check out our Patreon page five bucks on my Patreon.com slash TPN Sports. You can get this live. Guys, I got to get out of here. We got 30 seconds. Don't forget, no matter what's going on, no matter where you are in the world, no matter how many times you brush your teeth after blowing Brady, you're all legit, kid.
1: (laughs) Come on, let's go
0: to the Blue Hotel. I want to live at the Blue
2: Hotel.